The first cell phone was demonstrated in 1973 by Martin Cooper. You know what wasn't demonstrated? Shared plans. Over 50 years later, you can save on one line thanks to Visible. When you switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible, you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees. No, really. You can look around for them. They're not there. Switch now at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. This episode of Beyond is brought to you by Audible. Visit audiblepodcast.com slash podcastbeyond for your free audiobook download. Users lose all sense of reality and enter another world. Underestimate the power of PlayStation. Beyond. Beyond. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Podcast Beyond, episode 270. I am one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the pride of Long Island, Colin Moriarty. Hello. Hello. Uh, powerhouse, <laughs> formerly known as Ryan Clements. Hola. And no Andrew Goldfarb. He is busy newsing something, I imagine. Who's sitting here at this microphone? Look at this. That's Charles on yet. We got a, we got a giraffe, giraffe mic up there. It's, it's just giant up there, doing its thing, living its life. How are you boys doing? Doing great, man. How are you today? Good. We're back in the old uh, Tuesday morning time back slot here. Look at this. 10.30 in the morning. We're down here cracking the eggs, mm-hmm. making the bacon, mm-hmm. cracking flipping eggs. the flipping the flapjacks, as they say, I think. Yep. One of the big ones. They man, say. if we had some flapjacks and eggs and yeah. bacon. Woo. You'd be yeah, sitting I could, pretty. I couldn't eat the bacon, but I could eat the flapjacks. Well, you could eat the bacon. Well, I could. You could. I wouldn't eat the bacon, I should have said. This vegetarian right, business that you're on now. You can eat some of that broke-ass vegetarian bacon if you want. I probably could. Tofaken. Tofaken. So they call it. Faken. Faken the bacon. Faken bacon. Let's begin the show with what is and forever will be the Roper Reporter. Time for some news. There are seven items on the list. Seven items on this week's Roper Report. It's a short list. Okay. I think seven's a good number. Yeah. No, you're fine. I like ten. Like a nice round. Tenth, tenth a lot of news to choke down. No, a lot of news to choke down. <laughs> you're choking. Choking on the news is doing it wrong, I think. Personally. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you should be choking on it. It's just video games. <laughs> Number one. Diablo 3 is running on consoles at Blizzard, though it's not yet considered a, quote, official project, end quote. Blizzard executive Rod Pardo told Polygon that they're testing how the game runs on console. If their attempts at a port go well enough, it will become official and Diablo 3 will migrate over to the land of console gaming. Just as Colin Moriarty predicted many moons ago right here on Podcast Beyond. Well, we had another article a long time ago about that. Yes. Though I believe one of your predictions entailed that it would hit the Vita in t- late 2012 or something ridiculous I don't know like about that. that Someone so. go back and figure it out. <laughs> no, I'm sure your, no, your prediction was either up. this year or next year, which I doubt either of those is true. Well, you think it'll be console, next year? It's definitely going to come to console next year. Write it down. Mark it down. December 11th, 2012. Is Diablo now, 3 will be out on console by the fall. Is it a PlayStation 4 game? Yeah. Uh, no, I don't think it is. You remember these? Remember the yeah. little... Yeah. No one can see what you're doing. No one can see what you're doing, so comments. I'm about to explain it. it got the you remember one. this? Hey, yeah. listener. Remember <laughs> this thing I'm doing you can't see? <laughs> it's the uh, origami claw. You got you and you fold the origami? paper. Origami? Origami. 
origami killer. The whole killer. system's out of order, and you got this origami killer. Ah, yes, that origami killer. Maybe, killer. maybe the computer crashed. Who knows? You'll never know. It was You'll that sly know. of a transition, like listeners. Ended very abruptly. <laughs> <laughs> As if five to six minutes of things evolved beyond it. Ah, uh, beyond. Yeah. All right, so that was number one, <laughs> right? That was number one on the Rover Report. Yeah, that's right. Number two, a new metal Gary. A uh, new metal. I'm gonna New metal Gary. No, nope, metal, metal, metal Gary is. Fuck. It sounds scary. The Metal Gear. <laughs> Starting again. <laughs> Number two, a new Metal Gear game has been announced, or so it seems. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. At the VGAs, the Phantom Pain was revealed, but it quickly became evident that the game is really Metal Gear derived. Metal Gear. The unknown studio purported to be behind the game's Swedish developer Moby Dick Games has a website with all sorts of clues on it about the game. But really, the actual clues are in the trailer itself. Greg, yeah. take it away. All right, so first off, I'll start with this. This is very annoying and stupid. All right, I was watching the VGAs, and I'm like, it looks like a Metal Gear trailer, and then everybody starts tweeting at me about all these Metal Gear references, and I'm like, great, so you just wasted your whole time, Konami. You had the, the world by at, by the balls. You could have told us anything you wanted about Metal Gear. Instead, you show a fake trailer that's now going to be kicked around forever. Not to mention everybody watching the VGAs. They don't, they're not the, maybe the IGN crowd. They're not the game trailers crowd. They're not, they're not keeping up on what's happening. At E3 next year, there's going to be people, where, where, where's, where's that Phantom Pain? Where's, the, Phantom Pain? where's the man with the hook hand? Before you go into He's clawing at the door. Let him in. Stop making out. Before you get into your analysis, because I really want to hear this, I will say that when, when we look back on this, I think it'll be something that's really cool. Like, oh, this is actually like a total viral trailer that you know was debuted during a big award show and i like looking back on it i will tell you as one of the guys sitting there with goldfarb late at night trying to like sort this out in real time it's just really frustrating yeah if you're working in the industry it's annoying yeah. and and then if you're not working in the industry you're just a fan you think it's cool great but then for all the other people that aren't as you say tuned in no one's gonna have any idea that this like they're gonna six months from now you'll have a kid being like you got phantom pain in yet you're gonna be like that game doesn't exist. That's my that's my problem with it, and maybe it's just me getting old and jaded. But I just want the news. I just want the information. I just want to see the trailer. All right, and not to mention, is this a is this? There's rumors that it's Metal Gear Five, not even Metal Gear Ground Zeroes. Maybe it ties into Metal Gear Ground Zeroes. There's a million conspiracy theories so, out there. Do you want but to do we need do we need a third Metal Gear game that's in the works right now that I don't that isn't out? No, we don't. Do you um do you want to tell us about like some of that? Sure. Like, I mean, if you want to look stuff? at it right, like his hands chopped off. You got the hook hand. He's got the mullet like snake. He's got an eye patch so like Captain Big Hook. Boss. Exactly. Well, well Phantom. What's you, the hands thing? Well, I mean, I was making a reference to the fact. The whole thing keeps asking through questions. You know, is this real? What's reality? Why are they here for me? There's a million questions in it. It's the whole thing. When I step back and look at it, I think it's somehow tied into uh, it's B Big Boss having a nightmare, whether it be it, me and Colin talked about this for a while, whether it be Psychomantis himself, a young version of Psychomantis, or one of the million other Metal Gear characters that are like Psychomantis that can toy with your mind. It seems like it's all it's all a crazy ass dream sequence because like it's almost you know uh, total recallish, right? Where like it seems like Big Boss or whoever it is is waking up. He doesn't have a hand, but he feels like he should. He can't stand, but he's still doing the army crawl like we know Snake what to do. He's still got the eye patch that he'd expect Snake to wear. Almost like you are waking up from this dream where you were Big Boss, but you're this injured vet when it's probably the flip-flop that you're, you know, Big Boss being put into a dream state waking up in this thing. The old flip-flop. Yeah, the old flip-flop. So you got a guy who looks like Psycho Mantis in there. You got all these Big Boss references I just made. There's flower petals floating in there like uh, Metal Gear Solid 3 and Peace Walker for the fight with Boss. Uh, there's a guy who has Vulgan's pants <laughs> who's on fire. People are like, it's Vulgan! Ah! And then you got a fire whale. Then you got a big old fire whale jumping out of nowhere. Whale. Where yeah. is Fat Man? 
Where is the young fat man? I didn't see Psycho Mantis in this trailer, though. Where is he? I see him. Yeah, there's a, there's a po- I think point. I think it's definitely Psycho Mantis. Yeah. There's two parts where you see him. Yeah. There, the the Because he's small. Psycho Mantis is really small. So when you see, He's a frail little man. So you see him in the elevator that looks like him. When, like, like boss is looking down the hallway. And it's weird me talking about metal. People were saying this, by the way. I'm just, this is an aside. I love Metal Gear Solid 1 and 2, so it's weird for me to actually be kind of excited about a Metal Gear game, because I always get excited about a Metal Gear game until I play it. So, <laughs> did you ever play Peace Walker? No, not yet. We still need to do that. Yeah. We should do that this break. Sure. Metal Gear Solid 4 was really the one that killed me. Yeah. Like, it did. It killed me. Uh, Broke your heart. But, uh, so, it's exciting for me to kind of speculate about these characters. Um, but I think it's clear as day that Psycho Manus is in an elevator. And you see, when, when Boss is laying on the ground at the end, you see, like, feet, like, booted feet behind him, and then they float up. Well, that, and they and, and they and they like that's a psycho man thing. Now other characters do that, but no, no. But it looked like at the when the camera quickly pans up before it cuts away, it looks like one of the patients was like was floating up. It doesn't look like one of the soldiers. Psycho man doesn't look like a soldier though. Oh, okay. Don't you think? I mean, oh, so you think Psychomanus is one of the patients in that in that dream? No, not sequence. necessarily. I think. Okay. I mean, I think that there's because you're talking about Volgan's pants, for yeah. instance. Like, I think that there are pieces, like piecemeal things, probably more than people have even realized of some of the villains in Metal Gear's past that are. Like, and see, that's what I think it is. And he's mixing them up. exactly. If yeah. if you're if he's in his head, I think that we're getting all these things queued up from different places. But there are hundreds of thousands of theories out there. There's an IGN blogger who's been going through doing multiple huge posts. Connecting it to Cuba and how the logo looks like hair, but it's really cute. And like, oh, there's all this crazy shit out there. And so basically, it is just a giant clusterfuck of information out there that I could give a rat's ass about. Just show me a Metal Gear trailer. I think it's give I, me a release date. So I, I think that it's kind of cool in the sense. So I'm, I'm of two minds here. When I saw the Phantom Pain, I was like, it's a new IP. This is awesome. Fucking finally. You know, we're not like dealing with two, three, four, five. Like it's a new. And then it click. It, it became very clear what we were looking at. And so then I, my, I was kind of like, oh, Jesus Christ, like another Metal Gear game, you know? But then it seemed like this one seems to be in tune a little bit with, like, some of the older Metal Gear Solid games. See, and- this is my whole thing about Metal Gear right now as it stands, is that I think Big Boss is, still, is where it's at. I think I think you should play Peace Walker. I think Peace Walker is a fantastic game. I think it, it, it solved a lot of the problems that P, that I had, or not even that I had, that you have with Metal Gear Solid Four. That it's just complicated. It's not a Metal Gear game. It's all these crazy ass things. This Metal, Peace Walker was getting it back to all right. All right, let's get these the layers of the onion away, and it's just like this is Metal Gear. You're on this mission. What's happening? Is the boss dead? There you go. Go out and play this game, and that made sense. You know what I mean? You had these cool characters, and Ground Zeroes from what they showed is are bringing the characters from Peace Walker to the you know next the con- next console game, whatever whether it be PS4. So or whatever. There's villain, the villains you're saying. No, it's the it's the cast of characters from. Well, there's a couple of villains, I guess, but it's more like it's the characters established in Peace Walker are over there doing things over there. How are the villains in Peace Walker? The villains in Peace Walker are robots for the most part, which I found haunting and chilling because they sing when they come to attack you. It's lame. You're lame. See, because the coolest part, the coolest part about like what always drew me in, especially I think the first game has the best cast of in the, of enemies. Yeah, including but not limited to decoy octopus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the guy you never actually see. You, never actually, you do see, you do see him, but you well, yeah, see him in his true form. Yeah. Um, the problem is that Metal Gear Solid. You're right. Metal Gear Solid One did have the best cast of characters, and the problem was that then Metal Gear Solid Two and Three decided that we'll just copy that. We'll just make an exact photocopy of those villains and slightly change their names and do all, and they got boring and worse and worse and worse. I don't know. I think like the the Metal Gear Solid Three characters. That's the game I have like not a lot of experience with, but. The what was it, like the pain and then like the was, sorrow, yeah, the sorrow, yeah. like I thought and, that that and the bees, good, yeah, like that was like that was a cool motif. I thought, sure. Um, 
Nothing is going to beat, you know, I, I love Fat Man, but in, in, in reality, nothing is going to beat, like... Metal Gear 1, like, man. Sniper you know, Wolf. Raven and Sniper yeah. Wolf and Psycho Mantis and Decoy Octopus. <laughs> you love it. Revolver. I want them to make a game a just about Decoy Octopus. No, you don't. And what's this? constantly having a heart attack. So I was in the reading. Bathroom. So I was. Uh, Spoilers. On, on Saturday morning, <laughs> I was I was wicking around Metal Gear because I was like I was like oh this is kind of I'm kind of feeling excited about Metal Gear right now and, and I was reading like the Metal Gear Solid like wiki on wiki, and uh, there's like a whole wiki on Decoy Octopus, and I was like wow this is a fascinating amount of information about a guy that was never in the game, but, <laughs> uh, but it's it's cool like that he he apparently cut his ears off, and shaved his nose down. Like in surgery, so that he could replicate anyone he wanted, or whatever. Nice. See, I always thought Decoy Octopus had some sort of supernatural powers, but he did. He doesn't. He like actually dresses up like characters. It's a weird, weird little thing. That is weird because he was literally indistinguishable from uh, not Darpa, Darpa Chief. Chief. Yeah, it was Darpa Chief. Donald Anderson. Yeah, right? Anderson. That's what I was thinking. Of. Um, Darpa Chief. <laughs> and what does he do? Decoy Octopus tells Anderson that. He tricks him into getting the key card for Metal Gear Rex, right? About, like, they can't... Psycho Mantis can't do something to one of the characters, so they convince... It's been a while. Anderson. <laughs> it's been a while. And, yeah, it's like Psycho Mantis can't break one of the guys to get the code for mm -hmm. Metal Gear. So he convinces... So Decoy Octopus dresses up as Anderson to convince... Snake. Snake to... To go get the keys. Key card. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's... And that's the whole thing. If Snake would have just not done anything, Liquid could have never turned on the Metal Gear. Exactly. Stupid ass so Snake. So Decoy is at the center. Go back to Alaska, you, you see, blonde bastard. If you go back, if you like the layers of the onion, like you're saying, you peel all those layers of the onion back, Decoy Octopus is right at the very center. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's no Metal Gear Solid franchise without Decoy Octopus. <laughs> it's got the best name. It's ever so slightly too awkward. Number three. Number three. We're trucking along now. We're burning through. Dark Souls 2 has been announced and has been confirmed as a current generation game, presumably coming out in 2013. We haven't seen any in-game footage of it, so we don't know much about it. Other than that's a PS3 and Xbox 360 game. Now, that MP really surprised me. Yeah. Yeah. I was a little surprised, too. Because we didn't know that. In case people are curious how they know, they only saw the trailer. The trailer speak, kind of speaks for itself. It's beautiful. It's, it's all you know, uh, movies, basically. So it could have been on a next-gen console, but then we got a press release later saying it was a 360 and PS3 game. And that surprised me, but then again, it didn't, because From Software... PC, too. Yeah, PC. From Software can quickly turn around on the engine and make the game. Now, I thought what was interesting about it, and I don't really give a shit one way or the other, because I don't care about Dark Souls, but I know a lot of people do, is that the game is supposed to be more accessible. Yeah. And I know that that doesn't ring... A lot of people mad about that. Yeah, yeah mm -hmm. I, mean, I don't know. I want, so there's a difference between being more accessible and more difficult, right? So I'm wondering if the accessibility will just open up the game, make it more clear as to what you're supposed to do, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be easier. Like, they could make it harder, for all we know. I mm -hmm. mean, it could still be just as brutal, except this time you know what one icon does, as opposed to having to look it up on the internet, etc. True. Sounds like more crazy talk. It'll still be obtuse in Japanese, so don't worry. I think everybody's going to be happy with this one. <laughs> That obtuseness was Dark Souls uh, calling card. Oh yeah, hallmark of Dark Souls was this obtuseness. Um, I saw someone tweet about how like, oh man, Blur. That was such a great Dark Souls Dark Souls two trailer. That that I did not look like they, a Blur trailer to me, yeah, but I'm not sure. I, I would I, not have thought that's a Blur trailer, but I'm kind of curious. Should I look it up? I'm sure, look it up. you do that. All right. Number four. Number four. North Number American four. PlayStation Plus subscribers will have two new free games to download starting today, December 11th. Those two games are Super Street Fighter Four and Rochard. Arcade Edition. Arcade, Rochard Arcade Edition? No, the other one. Which will replace Outland and Blood Rain Betrayal in the Instant Game Collection. Mm, mm, mm. 
the I games see. that they're replacing are better than the games that we're getting. But Rochard is still a fascinatingly Rochard's good good game. It's a fascinating game because we didn't really know much about it. I know Clements did a really nice video preview on it uh, before it came Long out. Long time ago. Ended up being a pretty special. Pretty special. John Rochard. The tail Minor. John Rochard. Space, Space Miner. <laughs> Jinx. Number five. The Last of Us finally has a release date. Yay! It's coming out May 7th, 2013, and there are some pre-order bonuses to be had, including the game's soundtrack, a dynamic theme, exclusive avatars, and perks to be unlocked, and The Last of Us is still unknown multiplayer mode. Frank writes into Beyond at IGN.com just like you can. Hey guys, Beyond. Beyond. With The Last Beyond. of Us new trailer being shown at the VGAs, a slew of news about the game surfaced. I noticed the multiplayer pre-order bonuses, and I just wanted to know if you guys have any information on the multiplayer. Is it a co-op campaign with Ellie and Joel, or more like Uncharted? That has the typical multiplayer modes. Frank, you are not alone in being caught off guard by the multiplayer in The Last of Us, which now demands that I ask you to deduct five points from your IGN fandom scale. We reported about multiplayer in June, like forever ago, that they're like Game Informer had it in their initial thing that yes, there is multiplayer in this. It is not co-op campaign. It is something different yeah, that's on why its own. We didn't write about it because we already knew. Yeah, but we know that. Yeah, we know. Well, I mean, we wrote about it in June. We yeah. didn't write about it out of this thing. Yeah, yeah, and we know it's not co-op. So exactly. So that, I think it'll be Uncharted. Like I do too. I it, it, I think it'll be. I think it'll be Uncharted, like Survivor vs. Survivor, try to get Capture the Flag, try to take zone stuff. I think it'll be, there'll also be probably a horde mode, like, you know, partner up with me it'll and Colin, awesome. partner up, yeah, and then there's all these mushroom people that come running at you and stuff like that. Fight them off that way. The Goombas? The Goombas, yeah. The guy, yeah, you got the Goombas. That's actually cool. That's actually interesting. Mm-hmm. Now, and there's an article for us to do, mm-hmm. how the how Mushroom Kingdom intersects with Last of Us. Mm-hmm. This is a prequel to Mario Brothers. Yes. 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 I like to have that. It's actually, the the Last of Us is a post buckle of the United States is... A commentary on what happens to the Mushroom Kingdom once the reign of Princess Peach ends, mm. and mm. so they're parallel to each other and it's trying to tell you a, a really important. Do we ever story. meet Princess Peach's father? No, the King Peach. The King, King Peach. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. King Peach. All right. Hey, you snap. know who just wrote into? Who? Mitchell Morgan. Oh. You trust him implicitly. Uh-huh. Mitchell Morgan. Mitchell Morgan writes into Beyond at IGN.com. It says Beyond. Beyond. Do you guys think that the inclusion of multiplayer in The Last of Us is a good idea? Do you think the team that was working on Uncharted 3's multiplayer is working on The Last of Us multiplayer or something completely different? Thanks, Mitchell Morgan. Um, um, I was actually a little... So anytime... All right. Starting over. This is going to sound a little silly. Anytime that a game that looks like it has such a stellar single-player experience mm-hmm. is also including multiplayer, I immediately assume, and maybe it's a bad assumption, I immediately assume it's an afterthought or it'll be not all the primary resources are dedicated to it or it will somehow be taking away resources from the single-player... Like, if a game was not designed from the ground up with multiplayer in mind... Well, this one was. I wonder. That's my I wonder, whole, though. Yeah, it, I, I, it's one of those things... It, you're, it's wonder. a multifaceted question here. Do I care about the multiplayer in Last of Us? Probably not that much. Of course, I said that about Uncharted and really dug Uncharted's thing. Sure. Do I think it's a bad thing? Of course not. I mean, Naughty Dog's got teams for multiplayer for single player. I doubt that any resources are being lost to it. And not to mention this will be their third multiplayer game now after doing sure. two, two Uncharted's. I just wonder, like, if, say, the multiplayer team had been helping with the single player instead. I'm just saying there there are resources it might not be lost but there are resources devoted like you are mm-hmm. using resources for one thing as opposed to the other thing i will say though that if what i'm predicting is that i mean it must be some sort of horde mode where it's a bunch of survivors and you're trying to survive against an infected you'd hope something. so yeah that'd be cool i think that would be rad yeah. um i mean if it works it works yeah horde mode like stuff is good because i loved it in gears of war 3 and we played horde mode quite a bit in Mass Effect 3 and I, mm-hmm. I was very skeptical about it even after I played it because it ran like shit when I first played Mass Effect 3's multiplayer but it ended up being great um, 
But I, I'm with Clements in the sense that if this detracts from any of the single player, you know, if we could have had 10 more hours of single player Last of Us and no multiplayer, I would take that. See, and you and I keep you and I keep day, having this conversation on the train rides and car rides home any about day. how long The Last of Us is going to be. I think it'll like I I, I want to think that it, it's going to be a full like a, a big game. Like I think it's going to be seven eight hours, hours tops. I think oh it's going to be. I think it's going to be. Right, I think it'll be right there. I think it's going to be right there in the Uncharted time frame. Well, but how, do you I'm feel? Sure it's not seven or eight hours long. Yeah, it is. No, it's not. Two is. Yeah, two is totally seven eight hours long. Three is a little bit longer. I I don't know. I'm gonna, I, I, I want to say like ten ten hours. I'm gonna, you suck. I'm guess and that, I mean, if you I, if you're going without a sorry, if you're going without a guide looking for every treasure and shit, maybe you're okay. just playing through the story the first time. No way. I'm a, I'm gonna guess fifteen. Somebody write all this down. Mitchell Morgan, you write all this down and let us know when The Last of Us comes Poor out. Poor Mitchell Morgan. He's got, he's got school to do. No, man. just keep making the app updates. It just got updated. Just drop out. <laughs> the <laughs> Podcast Beyond app just got updated. Everybody go download it off of iTunes Soundboard. and Android. Yeah. Um, no, but I, I, I think the multiplayer is going to be fine. And, you know, Naughty Dog is, knows what they're doing, but I will say that to answer Mitchell's question more directly is that I don't think that the team that, has Uncharted, that did Uncharted 3 has anything to do with the Last of Us multiplayer or single player. And well, I, think, I think that they're mo- they've moved on to probably another Uncharted game. I think so. people. I mean, this is one. There was a big conversation over on Twitter this weekend about all this because they put out there. I forget which one of our uh, uh, peers, one of the other sites. So I don't want to name anybody wrong. Put something out there about how uh, you know. Oh, I think it might have been McGaff. McGaff was up in a, in, in a fuss about the fact that Uncharted 2's team had gone over to do The Last of Us and like. Uh, Evan Wells and Cogburn and Ballard and all these people were on Twitter saying no, it's not how it works. It's not cut and dry like that. People are going back and forth. Things are happening. It's a very fluid office of people doing it. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if people have moved around on teams and are helping out. You know, people who did stuff with Uncharted Three are multiplayer over there doing this stuff. Well, for, now that they have to crunch, probably pretty soon. Sure, sure. sure. Everyone's probably gonna be all hands on deck. But all hands on deck. Um, but yeah, I think that the cores of the teams probably remain the same. I think I, I also think that um, you know, a lot. I think Uncharted Three is better than Uncharted Two, but a lot of people don't think that, and so if you think the team that did Uncharted 2 is better than the team that did Uncharted 3, that means that the better team is doing The Last of Us, if that makes any sense. So, I think they're all great games, but I don't know. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Where's that? Where's that? Uh, Pat upon 3? Pat upon Vita? I want to know too. Jack and Daxter oh, yeah. 4. Greg's making a lot of notes to himself on this episode of Podcast yeah, yeah. Beyond. I'm very curious to know what they are. There's stuff He's to, writing, to yeah. promote. He's writing like Superman yeah. fan fiction. Uh, that's true too. Superman fan fiction. Yeah. Have you ever written any fan fiction, Greg? Uh, probably somewhere. I don't know. Right. I wrote a Star Wars fan fiction once. Oh. I, well, I mean, like when I say it, about I wrote Bosk. it. No, it wasn't about Bosk. <laughs> was it about Zuckus? It was about. Well, first of all, I didn't. When I say write, I mean that I got. Hey, maybe, ladies like, and gentlemen, joining the podcast, Andrew Goldfarb. Dark Knight of News. Andrew Hi. Goldfarb. <laughs> yeah, use use number four there. There it is. He's back. He might be a little quiet, just as a warning. Hey, guys. Hey. Hello. Hi, I was, Andrew. Telling, I was telling everybody that I, uh, when I was much, much younger, I wrote a, like the first page of a Star Wars fan fiction. About it Bosk. Was, not about Bosk. It was about the... the um, <laughs> it was about the girl, the blue-skinned Jedi girl that like gets... Leia. No. <laughs> <laughs> yup. Leia. Grand, Grand Admiral Leia. Thrawn. No, not Grand Admiral Thrawn. Grandma or is Tarkin. it Salacious Crumb? Salacious Crumb. Reeves. Who? Reeves. He's Reese. the guy with three, three eyes. No, it wasn't. Reeves it wasn't, from Street Fighter. Reeves. It wasn't Porkins either. And Bison. Uh, he should have got some Porkins. Porkins? Who, who, yeah, how can you, you forget Porkins? You, forget yeah, Porkins? you and Steve talked about Porkins yeah, last week. It was amazing. We, oh my God, I love Porkins. So you, wrote, so you, you wrote a fanfic about IG-88's love affair with... 
with Nino. floppy disks. Is IG88 that's the robot, right? Or yes. the droid, I should say. Yeah, he's a, he's a droid bounty Oh, man. My Star Wars nerd thumb is coming out right now. Mm. Are you a Star Wars over Star Trek kind of guy? I used to love Star Wars when I was a kid. Like, love, yeah, love, too. love, adore Star Wars. I have every Star Wars action figure created from 1995 to 2002, I guess. That's a lot, that's a lot of action figures. Um, no, that's not. No, it would be before. It would be like 2001 because it was episode one only. Um, and then episode one came out and ruined everything. <laughs> and you just burned all those figures. Yeah. And they're worthless now. I think I told you the story about when Greg and I were at Comic-Con last year in New York. And I saw all these carded figures that like I used to like love when I was a kid from like the mid and late nineties. Like, like selling orange. Yeah, yeah, the orange, exactly. Yeah. Power of the Force. Yep. And um, of course. And they're worthless. They're fucking worthless. And I was yeah. talking. I was talking because I have all of them. A lot of them are carded or boxed. And uh, yeah, I was talking to guys there, and he's like, they've over manufactured these like so much, like we can't get rid of them. Like, you can get. You can get. He's like, you can get truckloads of these things if you want them. Like See, from, from dealers. My uh, one of my cousins was dating a guy who worked for Kenner, and so he would always bring over all those figures. And I had like so many of them, but I was really into like the old school ones, like the ones from the seventies mm. and well from the eighties, I guess. Um, and yeah, those are now worth like like if you have a carded figure from the eighties, those are worth a ton. But mine are all like chewed and disgusting because I was a kid and didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> Stupid them? kid playing your toys. <laughs> you chewed on them. Yeah, we were poor back then. That's what I ate. But I remember explains a lot. I remember that's like, how you got them chompers. <laughs> <laughs> I was so nerdy back in the day that I used to like go on like uh, go on like a uh, website called Rebel. What was it called? Rebel Force, I think. Rebel FM. No. <laughs> the Force.net. It was it was a, like a, a, a Yavin Four was one of them, and there was another one that was like there was wasn't the one so, called it was like Toys R Gus or something? Was there a abbreviation? <laughs> yeah, something. Yeah, there was a few. Anyway, like they had like the box distribution of like they would come in cases, like yeah, yeah. figures and. Based on the number on the on the case, you could figure yep. out like what yep. the distribution of, of like how many of each. And so I did this you, with DC Comics figures, where I would go into Toys R Us and I would see them on shelves and get a boost up there and take it down and tear open the thing and look through. Yeah, and you knew which was the rare one. And yep. Which, like, yeah, yeah. You knew how many. Yeah, you knew how many Lex Luthers were packed in yep. with all these Superman. And that, yeah, that's why like Leia was like by far the rarest character, and then Lando was really rare, and Stormtrooper and Obi Wan Kenobi were really rare in the first batch, and so. Those like I remember seeing Leia for the first time, and just snatching it. Yep. You know, and like I didn't even have any money. My mom bought it for me because it was like such a big deal at like KB. Man, I used to love that KB shit. toys. Yeah, I was just absolutely. I mean, I was nuts about GI Joe when I was a kid too, and actually mm-hmm. that revi- got revived a little bit. Like where, and I was telling Greg that when I like you know have a lot of money in the future, hopefully that I'm just gonna buy all the GI Joes I'm missing because uh, I still love GI Joe. But that brings back awesome memories of just being so nerdy about stuff. I love Star Wars, and they just fucked it up. And that's their prerogative to do that, but they lost me as a fan. Yeah. So. Speaking of toy stores, uh, that just brought me back to where the toy store that was near me was a Toys R Us would have. You guys have that like isolated, caged-in video game yep. section oh, yeah. where oh, you yeah. go in there. It would be like the video game room. Remember, like you had to get like the piece of paper and then take it. To, you the pay at the front and then you went up front. and There's like a, rede- a redemption person yeah. who gave yeah. the game. I used to buy my guides at Toys R Us most of the time. Mm. That's where they they always had like every guide in stock when I couldn't find them at uh, at Funkerland. At what? Fun- Funko Land. Was Funko awesome. Land. Funko Land. You, you, you never read a no, Funko Land? I don't think I had a Funko oh, Land. Funko, Funko Land was the, was the bomb. Because they were the first people to give you the not, money. It's not mm-hmm. Funko Land. Funko. No, Funko. Yes. Fun Incorporated yeah. Land. But it's one word, Funko Land. <laughs> right. They eventually got bought by EB, right? They're part of the EB. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. it's like Funko Land, Babbage's, uh, EB Games, Electronics Boutique was, I guess, the same thing. GameStop now. There was a Funko yeah. Land in a town in, on Long Island called Islandia. And. I used to go there all the time, and then I remember just, like, because I'm such an old-school Nintendo nerd, like, you'd walk in, and the counter behind it was all NES games, like, slotted, and you, they had to be in alphabetical order, and I used to just buy the shit out of, like, NES games there, even, like, the late 90s, 
um, in early 2000s. I think about that oh, all the time. God, Funko like, Land's the best. If you could go back in time right now and walk into that store, you could make like a hundred thousand yeah, dollars no problem yeah because like all, the, all those like sealed snes games just like take your earthbounds and your mario rpgs by the piles to the front yeah and they're like fifty dollars a piece but it's like okay like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> i know where this is going you know uh also just a note for anyone that started anime collections with suncoast video mm. yeah. suncoast, I remember that. suncoast and sam suncoast. goody and i remember when they finally were liquidating all their stores and they closed everything and suncoast every day had a so it was like the first day everything was 10% off and then like a week later everything was 20 and they, they led up to when they closed and everything was 95% off when they closed. So me and my friends were trying to like hide stuff in the store. And, yeah. You know, come back six weeks later and get it for the did you did, it, were they, were, did you successfully hide things? Uh, a couple things. Like most things were found because they were literally selling the shelving units. So there's like nowhere to hide anything. But, uh, <laughs> there was this uh, pile of like terrible like Christmas toys or something that we hid a bunch of like TV show box sets in. And then we came back on the last day and they were all still there. So that's awesome. Got, like, the Sopranos for nine ninety nine. That's a That's a deal. The there good stuff. Yeah. Yep. Number six. Number six. The man came back just in time. Bioshock Infinite has been delayed again, mm. but only for about a month. Originally slated for release in February, Bioshock Infinite will now launch on PS3 and Xbox 360 on March 26th. Goldfarms is slowly revealing his Bioshock Infinite shirt. Money hat. Uh, I mean, it was originally scheduled for this year, right? It was and then October. Once. Yeah, October, yeah. then February, then March. Um, yeah, and uh, you can read, by the time this podcast is up, you'll be able to read a very long interview I did with Ken Levine, um, partially about the delay. Um, that game plays really well, though. I mean, Charles and I played it last week. It's uh, it, it's looking good. It's it does exist. <laughs> and yeah, it, you uh, just you just played it. I don't think we yeah. talked about it on Beyond, but no, I think we were embargoed, right? You and you and uh, Charlie yeah. got a chance to go check that out. In and it's LA, living up. To, it? It's living up to your expectations. You have lofty expectations. Would you yes. say this is your game of the generation? It it could very well be. I mean, this game looks amazing. It's uh, oh my god. It, it really. They, you're able to do everything they said you would do. Like all those demos that looked like they were so scripted, and and skylines looked like they would never work. And Elizabeth seemed like she would be annoying. Like all those mechanics actually work incredibly well. And the game runs. Like the game is really polished and and looks incredible, especially the PC version that Charles was playing. But uh, yeah, I played it on PS3. There was no stuttering. There was no pop in. There was there were no like problems with it, which is rare for a, a PS3 game nowadays. But um, yeah, it was great. I'm I'm super excited. Cool. Excellent, man. Then number seven, Bioshock on Vita is still a possibility. Goldfarb, take it away. Yeah, I mean, so he before you get too excited, it's it's not like they can say much. Uh, it, it it basically Ken Levine was saying that uh, it's in the hands of business people. It sounds like 2K is talking to Sony, and if they can make it happen, they will. But uh, the, the part that I found interesting about what he told me was that he has a. Uh, they, they have a good idea. They have an idea they really like. And this isn't just going to be like a remake of Bioshock 1 or, you know, Infinite or anything like that. Like, uh, he's making it sound like it's entirely new, whole new game from the ground up. Um, he won't even say where it's set. So who even knows if it's Columbia or whatever. I found um, it all to be a bit annoying. I read yeah, your, I read your news story and it was, yeah, well, it's in the hands of the business people. We have a great idea. Like, he was, he was basically getting around saying, we don't, we have not made this game. There's nothing right. happening it with this game. We this announced game. it, but it doesn't yeah. Exactly. It's been, yeah. it's been nearly a year since they announced it at E3. Been, oh, well over a year, yeah. Because it was E3 2011. Was it? So it's been, uh, it's been No. A year and a half. Wow, really? Yeah. Shit. Fuck me. I thought it was this past year when they announced yeah. the price and everything for Vita. Really? No, no, it was, it was two years ago. Yeah. Oh wow! Okay, sure. then yeah. What the fuck, Ken Levine? Yeah, no, <laughs> and it's not even. I know that it's just a, you know that that was you know, how the business works. They're doing this, and he probably wants to focus one game at a time anyway. But like but to I, see him come out and the first thing he says, "Oh, it's in the hands of the business people." It's like, oh my god, we're never getting. Like, the way I took it was like he's just being honest. I mean, sure, because we asked him about a Wii U version of Infinite Two, and it's yeah. the same thing. Like 
he said the more the merrier. They want to be on every platform possible. They would love to be making these games, but it's like if 2K doesn't give them money and, and won't promise them that they'll publish it, and if Sony, you know, can't back it with marketing, like it's not going to happen, you know? Yeah. Like, I think it, it really does come down to like the hands of the business people. And That's true. Um, I would love a Bioshock game on Vita, but. You know, it, it definitely is coming even in 2013, I would say. Like, no. that, that is a long way off. I agree. That's sad. Yeah. Poor you guys want to stop drawing your goddamn doodles? <laughs> no, this is hilarious. All right. What do you guys They're drawing? doodling over there. Is that all the Roper Report? It was seven items, so I would say yes. That's it. Colin, that was a good Roper Report. Thank you. I had some fun with you today. Good work, I want, you, I want you to know that. Um, Not Colin. Me, though. Bioshock Infinite slash Vita slash two slash one is never coming to the Vita. So there's no, and even if it is, it's not coming for like, I have to go into cryogenic sleep. If I wanted to walk into a store right now and know what games are on the shelf, where would I go? Something else. That was a good one. That was good. The original IGN list of the original, the official IGN list of PlayStation software on all three platforms by the IGN editors. Boo -doo, boo -boo -boo. Nice cool fart. I like when you, when you give me the cue. No, yeah. re no retail games this week. No retail. Oh, no, that's not true. Oh. Well, the game. Too fucking bad. <laughs> so no it didn't come out. <laughs> PSN. Big Sky Infinity. Black Knight Sword. Ben 10 Omniverse. Oh, Judge ben D. Ten the City of God case. You got, Wait, some, fun, whoa, whoa, you got whoa. some fun game titles this and week. Judge D. The City of God case. Is that yes. Judge Dredd? Judge no, Dredd. it is not Judge Dredd. And, mix, and Mix Superstar. Mm. Uh, Greg will work on Big Sky. I'm. I've been playing Black Knight. Uh, I'm and all over we probably, we probably won't review anything else. Uh, for Vita, Big Sky Infinity will also come out. So Greg's on that. Mm -hmm. uh, PS2 Classic, big one. Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. Yeah. Oh my God. What? Uh, no put some trophies no on trophies. that. Put some trophies on that. Put on the Vita. And demos: uh, Big Sky Infinity, Black Knight Sword, and Mix Superstar. You have to wonder if they'll finally do Vice City for PS2 since it's coming to iOS and it's about to be the anniversary. Like, yeah, three's out in San Andreas, but the game in the middle, the best one of them all, is uh is not out. So I don't know what the deal is. Ryan, would you like the description of Judge D? The City God Case. I would really love Judge it. Judge D, the City God Case. Judge D, the newly appointed magistrate of Yai Wang Prefect, travels to an isolated town in his new jurisdiction to find that the mayor's son has fallen unconscious and became deathly ill. <laughs> Suspecting foul play, Judge D starts investigating. Help him uncover the truth behind the town's dark secret, its corrupt officials, and the true case of the mysterious illness in this beautiful hidden object adventure game. Oh, it is. <laughs> That's crazy. I was just going to say, it sounds like a point-and-click adventure game. Yeah. Hidden object adventure. <laughs> That's so scintillating gameplay. there game you go. <laughs> well, I have to say, you just you lean back, and, and your, your stomach's looking thinner. You, you do look like you lost some weight, I would say. Damn. I'm, I'm in the 175 region. Yeah. I think you're looking good. There it is. It's like, <laughs> Colin is shaking his but tummy. It's less of a solid mass. It seems like It's less a, of a solid mass. It's giving a little bit. <laughs> That was like an angry shake. That was an angry, angry shake of the stomach. <laughs> I can't look away. It's what the truffle shuffle, I believe they call them. Yeah, truffle yeah, shuffle. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's check in with the sponsor. What do you say? Let's okay. Do it. This podcast is brought to you by Audible, a provider of audiobooks with more than 100,000 titles to choose from. For listeners of Beyond, Audible is offering a free audiobook download when you sign up for a free 30-day trial. If you're not already quoting from it every day, may we suggest checking out Ready Player One by Ernest Cline. It's like The Matrix mixed with video games, Star Wars, and transforming Japanese robots. And we love it. To get started, head to audiblepodcast.com slash podcastbeyond and follow the instructions to get your free audiobook. On with the show.
All right, and back. What a good sponsor. That sponsor is Audible. As read by <laughs> Naomi Kyle. I didn't even know. Is that what the actual Yeah, you get a free book. Oh, okay. I've done it from This American Life. I highly recommend it. Highly recommend it. Interesting. Read some Fifty Shades of Grey. Uh, someone reads it to me in a scintillating voice. <laughs> I don't read nothing. Is How it about, a male or a female voice? I don't. Well, it read depends nothing. the book. I don't. Yeah, come on, Colin. You know, I, I make Colin read my emails to me. <laughs> uh, what do you say we do a topic of the week? We haven't done one of those in a while. Toe, 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 toe. The Last of Us. It is not. We've already talked about Last of Us. You missed it. Instead, we're going to talk about PlayStation Platform 2013, the Game of the Year rundown voting. Okay. Um, we have, of course, announced our official nominees for Game of the Year for all of IGN, and also 2012, 2012 uh, platform specific as well. So what we have here are the ballots. If you haven't checked out IGN, maybe you don't know what's up for all these things. We're going to read through them, give you some thoughts and opinions here. Uh, winners aren't announced for a couple of weeks. Should we say who each of us picks, or is that going to be too obvious? Since only two of us actually voted on this, right? Well, yeah, we're calling it not hashed out, I think. So uh, we shouldn't, probably. Okay. Uh, yeah, we already know the winners, huh? So just keep reading IGN. It'll be around soon. But uh, we can all talk about it. We can pick... How about we, what if we pick different... We'll just talk about the games. How about that? Well, we can all pick who our winner is. And I don't necessarily... But then we show 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 that these two don't matter. And yeah. nobody cares about that. We can just talk about the little things. Well, we're I don't not, care. We're not on the I don't give a flying fuck. I'll just reveal what one. I don't care. <laughs> Game of the year for PlayStation 3, DC Universe Online. <laughs> Done. Don't even need to worry God, about it. Did that come out this year? It did not. It, oh, it's, been out, <laughs> it's been out quite a while. <laughs> All right, so uh, best PlayStation 3 action game. Your nominees are Dishonored, Sleeping Dogs, Tokyo Jungle, Lego Batman 2, Spec Ops The Line. It's a good list of games. Uh, it's a good list of games. Jungle got on there. I'm so behind on everything. I only got to play two of those. So. Mm. Like, I really want to play Sleeping Dogs, but I haven't. Sleeping Dogs is excellent. Sleeping Dogs is really good. I enjoy Sleeping Dogs. It's one of those games I won't get back to, though. I know. Winner is Sleeping Dogs. I don't know if that's one on one, but I can't remember. I, I specifically went through and unhighlighted the winners so I wouldn't run into this pro- exact right. problem. So right. you're like Tokyo Jungle, Dishonored. Sleeping, Sleeping Dogs! dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's favorite. <laughs> I think uh, it's easy to underestimate Lego Batman 2, but that game Lego is, Batman 2 is the, awesome. the best Lego game by far. Like, yeah. That game is so fun. Another game I want to get back to platinuming, but it probably never will. Yeah. And I think my save got eaten when the Sopranos killed my PS3. Game over there. Yeah, never I'm never going to. I got to uh, the point where you're in the open world as Superman, and I was just done. I was just flying around doing yeah. shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alright, so best PS3 fighting game. PlayStation All-Stars Battle Royale, mm. Persona 4 Arena, mm. Street Fighter Cross Tekken, Marvel vs. Capcom Origins, UFC Undisputed 3. It's funny I wonder how, what won that one. I do too. Funny how there's one game on there that I couldn't be less UFC Undisputed in. 3. Yeah, I will. It's like, I can think that I will never play that game for my entire rest of my time on Earth. Yeah, that's, that's true. Street Fighter Cross Tekken didn't do it for me either like yeah. i just i actually because i don't know i'm terrible like like really just terrible at fighting games but i tried to uh i tried to play a few of them this i game. think that's the strength for all-stars right yeah exactly. is the fact it's that so it's an accessible, accessible fighter yeah. that you can anybody can play whereas you don't have to get to, like persona yeah. 4 arena i tried to play with vince once and i was like ah no yeah, <laughs> i don't know what I, that was I mean, say it's great. sure no 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 we get that yeah. all right racing game need for speed must want it sonic and all-stars racing transformed f1 2012 you've played a lot of need for speed didn't you I played a lot of Need I for just Speed. started playing Vita version of it uh, it's great. The like two nights are ago. Really easy in that game. Yeah, that's my kind of shit. Um, yeah, Need for Speed's great. Sonic is actually really fun. That, uh, that yeah, I, I need to get back to Sonic. I'm, I'm, um, I do like that. But yeah, for me, it's Need for Speed. That game's awesome. All right. Especially Best. like that is an amazing open world game on Vita. For anyone who hasn't tried the Vita version, like it, it sacrifices some of the visual stuff of the of the console version, which looks better. But um, obviously, 
man, on Vita, that game is awesome. It's the full open world map. Like, you can drive around for hours, and, and just even without doing any, like, races, if you're just driving around, you're unlocking trophies as you're going, and it just, I, nice. I really enjoyed it. Mm, okay. I'm looking forward to playing more of that. Best PS3 role-playing game, Mass Effect 3, Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning, XCOM Enemy Unknown, Rainbow Moon, Dragon's Dogma. <laughs> Rainbow Moon was Rainbow that Moon. second last one. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good, that, that's a good category. That's a category yeah. chock full of great games right there. People need to put more people need to play Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning and Rainbow oh my God. Moon and Rainbow Moon. But Rainbow especially come to Vidia? No, next year. Okay. Every I'm time I think about I Kingdoms of Amalur, yeah. huh? Mm-hmm. Every time I think about Kingdoms of Amalur, I get that Kingdoms of Amalur Twitch. Yep, you want to go play? I just want to go. I was play thinking it. about that the other day. Want to go? And I'm so angry that when I, long story short, I lost my like 30, 40 hour save file due to some. Uh, when I was putting in a new hard drive into my computer. Yeah. Oh, on your PC? So, on my PCs. <laughs> Same thing if I replaced the hard drive on a PS3. Why well, you to the cloud, though? I, yeah. Exactly. Mm. Mm. Got you there. I mean, I could have done... These things happen. I could have done a lot of things. I could have done a lot of things, Carl. Like, I could have just put a USB stick in and made a copy. It wasn't that It wasn't that hard, but I for, somehow forgot. And Diablo 3 is <laughs> coming to console yeah. I mean, I, I will just say that I've already played 80, 80 hours of Diablo 3. I've gotten my fill. You can have you don't have that platinum trophy I, You can have my sloppy second. Um, oh, geez. Surprised uh, no Borderlands 2 on the list. You can consider that more of a, more of a shooter than RPGs. Best PS3 shooter, Borderlands mm-hmm. 2, Call of Duty Black Ops 2, Far Cry 3. Another good, an- Far Cry. I finally got a copy. Another good Borderlands category. Borderlands 2, Call of Duty Black Ops 2, and Far Cry 3. <laughs> <laughs> Is that how it went? I don't even remember that one. <laughs> no. All right. Anyways, another. I think that's another great category. I liked. All, I loved all no, three of those games. Far Cry Three is. Perfect. I cannot wait to. I yeah. I still have to play Far Cry. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited to dive into Far Cry. Like I said, I have a copy as of today, so I'm gonna go. Home. I beat it over the weekend. How are the trophies? Enjoyable. Trophies are enjoyable as well. Dude, don't do what I did. I kind of paid it myself in a corner. Colin and I were talking about trying to platinum it over the break. I, but there's a bunch of like, jump off a zip line and take out an enemy and do this to an enemy. Well, and I kind of cleared the whole island before I did this. That's, so now, that's, mm. They call that the Mafia, or not Mafia, Godfather 2 mm-hmm, conundrum. Mm-hmm. You, get rid of all, you get rid of all the bad guys. Because Infamous had trof- that problem too. I'm one trophy away from God, from the platinum in Godfather 2 and I killed everyone. Yeah. So I can't do it. So there's not an unlimited number of enemies. Why can't you just start a new file and get your because last trophy? You, because you don't have, you would have to play it like 15 hours or 20 hours. I'm not doing that. Godfather 2 is fun. Clements, you're the only one allowed to speak on this subject. Best okay. PS3 sports game. Okay. Madden NFL 13, right. NHL 13, FIFA 13, MLB 13 the show. But isn't that MLB 12 the show? I think I misprinted that one. And NBA 2K 13. Okay. Well, look, it's been a great year for 13s. <laughs> and I just think that every every one of them just had a great Like Final Fantasy 13 too as well. Yeah, right? like 13 too. Um, wow. I would just say that when it comes to the sports, it's a lot of sports, man. Well said. Thank you. Did you know? Did we not nominate thirteen two in any RPG category on any platform? I don't think so. It's not on ours. I don't know if there was a whoops for that. <laughs> Best PS3 graphics: Journey, Dyad, Assassin's Creed Three, Call of Duty Black Ops Two, The Unfinished Swan. Dyad. Yeah. All right. Acid trippy man. It's beautiful. I mean, it's just, it's just a big game. seizure. I mean, Journey is obviously so stylistic and amazing. Like, yeah. I, 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 you know, obviously, you, you know, when we're talking about like overall stuff, you can look at something like Halo 4 and then compare it to, to Journey and obviously like 
you're gonna your gut is gonna go with the huge production value and the huge like pretty no, CGI. Game. Not at all. Journey looks fucking amazing. Halo Four gets way too much credit for looking good, and I and, I, and I've beaten Halo Four, and I, I had a great time with Halo Four and everything else. But like, and this is my problem with the whole space opera bullshit is that I'm just walking into a made up room that's all made up and looks like just, it's, it's it's got good colors. Now, don't get me wrong, the, the CG cutscenes are like jaw dropping. Like yeah. Collins, I've mystified Colin. I've said something stupid. What? You walk into a made-up room where everything is made up. Yep, you go it's in these a video. Game. You go in these space. You go in. This is the same problem with the Citadel in Mass Effect One. You're just walking around like, well, whatever. We can just put over the fuck we want in here. It doesn't matter. There's no frame of reference. Like that resistance or kill zone as well. No, those are based on real places. At some point, they're they were going from some kind of reality. Not that I'm just on this fucking dumbass planet with this dumbass alien ship and shit, and I'm walking into this temple thing and like, oh, now the right. now the ground's made of pure light, and I got Snaggletooth over there coming out of a fire ball he's gonna talk to me great get this shit off the screen what game is this this is halo 4 this is halo 4 you play halo 4 yeah go ahead when nobody was paying attention they put a mass effect villain in halo 4 and he comes out of this ball of fire and he's just snaggletooth the mass effect villain yeah snaggletooth's also in star wars okay yeah i'll leave that one to you i'll leave that one to you halo 4 beautiful game beautiful cutscenes the cutscenes are amazing but overall like no way you think that it looks sterile Yes. Okay, that I understand. That's okay. the way I feel about Killzone. Okay. Yeah, I can see it. Still a beautiful game. Made sure. up room. Everything's made, made up. up. <laughs> hey, you know what? Somebody's got. Know, somebody's got to call. Like, I see it. You realized in, in the 25 years you've been playing video games, but <laughs> <laughs> video games are all about made up rooms with made up shit in them. It's binary. <laughs> Oh, well, you know, that's just played. like your opinion, all right? <laughs> Ghostbusters up. and the Sega Master System was oh, based geez. on New York, so that's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say about how that came to be. Uh, best PS3 sound, Journey, Sleeping Dogs, Sound Shapes, Spec Ops The Line, Assassin's Creed 3. Another interesting round. A lot of good games this year. I mean, yeah. s- sound doesn't mean music, right? That's separate. Sure, you can you can break so, it down however you want. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't think there's a separate category for music, no. But the, so it's it sound is music and voice acting and everything else. I think that's one of the main reasons Sleeping Dogs get such a good nod. So for me, if it does include music, it's Journey. Uh, if, if it just means like ambient sound and sound design and stuff, um, that's harder. Okay. Halo 4. Best PS3 story, The Walking Dead, Journey, Sleeping Dogs, Spec Ops The Line, The Unfinished Swan. So I had an interesting debate with Rich George about this category. Okay. Because uh, he was like, what well, is Journey nominated for story? And it's like, there's no experience category, you know? Like, yeah. I mean, like, by story, you mean, like, like what you're experiencing as you go through the game, like, what the game's presenting to you. And in that way, Journey, again, for me. Sure. Journey's yeah. a really good game. Journey's a great game. <laughs> I, well, I think uh, they all are, though, right? Like, that's the yeah. whole thing. I would also argue, though, that the story that is told in Journey is just as, uh, you know, meaningful and impactful and worthy of a nod as any of those of course, other stories. It might be story. simple. Yeah, it might be simple. It's what you bring to the table. But, like, exactly. Yeah. That's the thing about Journey. Journey is giving you kind of the broad strokes that you fill in for as you're playing, basically. You know, and, like, as I was playing that game for the first time... Uh, like just crying, my sobbing openly. Um, so you know the usual. Um, it was uh, you know the the story for me was more about like my companion and like the the person I was with and how like when I couldn't see them for even a minute I would like flip out and like try and find them immediately. <laughs> That's so nice. not so I felt too. That was my story. It was it was a story of sadness, a story of sorrow. So, you know, it's a story of of the what? journey of death, really for me. I mean, but that's yeah. not necessarily what the game's about. And I won't play it again. I fucking, I mean that. I will not play that game one more time. I played it once, and that's it. And it was beautiful, and, it, and the law of diminishing returns will certainly kick in, and I will start seeing it some, in some, as something different. But I remember the way that game felt 
it was a, it was a wonderful two hours, two and a half hours of my life. I went back and hundred percent of that game for trophies, and um, I loved it more each time. Like for me, it was like obviously that first experience is, is like an untarnished, amazing thing. But like going back, like now I have like the white robes or whatever, so I have like the the longer scarf that regenerates, and uh, I'll go back and, and play the summit sometimes and just help people up because like I I I regenerate, you know, in that snow level at the end, people can't regenerate their scarf yeah. without touching another player, um, and it's awesome. Like it, it feels really good. I love that game. Mm-hmm. Best PS3 multiplayer game: PlayStation All Stars Battle Royale, Borderlands 2, Starhawk, Twisted Metal, FIFA 13. Oh, Twisted Metal! Remember Twisted Metal? You reviewed it. Yeah. Why'd you wow. Why'd you do that face? Uh, no, I just like I can't believe that was this year. It feels like so yeah, long. That ago. feels like a million years ago. Yeah. That was before Twisted DC. Metal had a great, great multiplayer package. We sat around and played it here at the office. Good yeah. times. Good times. Good times. Borderlands 2 multiplayer is really cool. Seamless and yeah, and great. Mm-hmm. Borderlands All-Star is obviously really cool across platform. Like, yeah. Borderlands is no such a legend. Borderlands <laughs> is such legend. I love Borderlands 2 so much. That game is what no game such that a legend. I don't know. It doesn't even matter at this point. Best That's PlayStation it. Network game, The Walking Dead, Journey, The Unfinished Swan, Closure, Tokyo, Jungle. Now, I gotta be honest with you about this, and I'm, you know, just because we're candid with our readers. That's right? what, again, you're behind the scenes, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. If, you, if you missed that last podcast, Beyond, Sorry. there's the outfacing IGN wall you see, but then when you come listen to Podcast Beyond, you're behind the wall back here where we make decisions and talk about the games where we're still reviewing. I, yeah. like, I'll say right now, you know, I, I don't like this category, mm-hmm. and not the games in it. I don't like that we're differentiating between PSN games and retail games, and I guarantee you, if Greg and I are still on the PlayStation channel next year, and I'm sure we will be, that... This will be gone. One thing I'll tell you right now is I've been at IGN long enough never to guarantee anything. So guarantee it. I'm not gonna be on, not gonna be on PS. I, 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 it's one of those things I see. I see it both ways. I, th- I mean, the argument, of course, re- fair reader, is that there is no more wall between what's a digital. Oh, that's a digital game. Oh, that's a retail game. The retail game is obviously going to be better. I think it's just one of those things. It's a way to give more. Not. I, I mean, like if you, for argument's sake, next category is PS3 game of the year: Borderlands 2, Journey, The Unfinished One. Mass Effect 3, Walking Dead. So you have three games on the PS top best PSN exactly list it. now on the Game of the Year list. But Closure and Tokyo Jungle wouldn't have gotten those. They wouldn't be in the conversation for Game of the Year for sure, PS3. They shouldn't be in the conversation for the Game of the Year. True. Yeah. But and then it's just different categories. I mean, it's, it's just, it's just. do we want more categories or less categories is what it comes down to. I think, excuse me, I just burped into the microphone a little bit. <laughs> I think that what is going to happen here and what's already happening is that the, the, the strata of games are, are, are blurring. The lines are blurring and... And we have a situation where, you know, a game like Journey or a game like The Unfinished Swan and the game like The Walking Dead are better games than almost everything that you paid $60 for this year. Yeah. Hands down. You know, you paid $10 for each of those games or $25 for The Walking Dead. And I think that by pigeonholing the PSN games as PSN games and then pigeonholing, we had this conversation very openly at work here. And then having the Game of the Year games as being like retail and a mixture, it's just like, well, shouldn't we then have the retail games of the year? Because actually the PSN games are actually getting another chance to win an award where the retail sure. games you pay $60 for aren't being you know given that chance. And I just think that it doesn't matter. It seems, it's, 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 I, I agree with you that this would seem to be the last year for the PSN category slash Xbox Live category. I mean, PC doesn't do it, right? And so I'm like, oh, here's your downloadable one. Yeah, here's well, all PC Charles, games are downloadable. Charles went on, uh, he tweeted that. Like, a, a, not a Twitter rant this weekend, but he, he made a few posts about it this weekend, how, like, that that line isn't there anymore at all. Like, every game, like, Skyrim is a downloadable game on PC. Like, Yeah, and I mean, it's even happening on consoles. I mean, Mass Effect 3 is a downloadable game. It yeah. was, you All-Stars know, downloadable. Yeah, PlayStation yeah, exactly. All-Stars. So it's like, that category to me. Family Guy Back to the Multiverse downloadable. Mm, it is. I want to play that. I'm going to play that with my girlfriend when she okay. goes this next week. Um, Girlfriend. <laughs> 
She's in she from. Know anything about video games? <laughs> she's finally back from Canada. <laughs> You've never seen her before, but I swear she. Yeah. Um, she's only going to be here when you're sleeping. Model. Getting off the boat from Russia. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's coming over from the east coast of Russia. Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, that's interesting. No one lives over there. Uh, it's very warm over there this time of year. I don't know. I just want to get rid of that category. I just don't feel like it makes any sense. Sure. I think it it's, it goes against the prevailing wind. A significant prevailing win that it just doesn't matter anymore. Whether sure. you pay five dollars or sixty dollars for a game on PlayStation Four at this time next year, they will all be downloadable. Take it to the bank. Take it to the bank. Take it to the bank. Take it to Take the, the streets. <laughs> uh, and anyways, yeah, yeah. Greg, that's the other thing. By the way, next year when we vote, you and I, this time next year, we will have best PS3 game, best Vita game, best Orbis game, and best Orbis game. Yeah. Woo! <laughs> and as I predicted on Twitter last night, it'll clearly the winner will be Patapon. The pad upon Orbis that they've been sitting on. That's why, that's why, ladies and gentlemen, why isn't there a pad upon Vita? Because they're sitting on it for the Orbis. Greg, cross platform, cross by, up to the cloud. If, if there is a pad upon game <laughs> yeah. on PlayStation Vita or PlayStation Orbis, not Vita, yeah. it's possible. If there is a, a pad upon game in 2013 on PlayStation Orbis, I will bring you out to dinner wherever you want to go. All right, cool. Okay. Anywhere. <laughs> Funny story. I expensed my McDonald's receipt from our trip to see God of War and all that other stuff, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I I found myself going. That was a good meal. I could go for some more McDonald's. It is a good meal. Yeah. It's a fine meal. Yeah, it's a fine meal. Airport, so when I traveled with Colin earlier this year, uh, right before we got on our flight, he ran to McDonald's and then ran back and got on that. Yeah, I time it. I time and it. And so I wanted like, I, when Charles and I uh, were flying back from the Bioshock event. It was really early. Our flight was at 7 a.m. Yeah. And there was a McDonald's in there. And I was like, Charles, I'm thinking about running and getting some McDonald's breakfast. And Charles gave me the most disgusted look anyone has ever given me. He, he didn't approve of that idea at all. So, Well, I he's wrong. McDonald's it. breakfast is awesome. Yeah, That's egg McMuffin. And I, dude, years ago, like four or five years ago, I read something where McDonald's was like looking into retrofitting their, their um McDonald's their restaurants, yeah. So they can do breakfast all day because they use the same machinery or whatever for both. And I guess it never happened, but I was like really excited about that. Sure. I would imagine getting hotcakes. Dude, I would go there. I would go get breakfast for lunch. <laughs> please, Mitchell Morgan, please add that to the soundboard. The next soundboard update. There. Can you imagine hotcakes? <laughs> <laughs> it's rare. It's rare that the soundbite happens and we're all like, yes, that is a real. That is a soundbite if I ever heard one. Oh, my God. Okay. And then PS3 game of the year, Borderlands 2, Journey, The Unfinished Swan, Mass Effect 3, The Walking Dead. Another category packed with amazing games. Yeah, that's our. I'm sorry. It's just that it sounded. I thought you were gonna go do your typical woo, no, like a like, downward. Like, like, <laughs> that was yeah, the high pitched woo. You don't hear much from Colin Moriarty. I love hotcakes at McDonald's. I, apparently, I, I a big smile on my face. You should tweet at them so they send us some. They're not gonna. Tw- they're not gonna send us shit. They're gonna send us fucking hotcakes. They sent me. They sent me. I tweeted them and they sent me that Superboy figure I needed. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. There's that chick on there that that. Jim Riley like liked. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, didn't they send Jim like a gift card or something? Yeah. yeah. And heads up everybody, congratulations to Jim Riley for quitting the games media biz. If you haven't been paying attention, Jim Riley. Life? Jim Riley used to work at IGN as our news hound, you know him, Info Boy, Podcast Beyond contributor. Info Boy. Uh, he, he stepped he, on his grave. Yeah. He went to Game Informer and did news for them for about a year. And then or last week he tweeted that he is a that was his final Friday at Game Informer and he's leaving the games media business. Oh he God. has not announced where he's going or what's next for him, but he says it's uh, something. So that's like a huge loss for our industry. Like in yeah, I know uh, the suits, the, the suits. Jim Riley, and Jim. Jim's awesome. Jim he's is gonna do something amazing. Jim is awesome. We love you, Jim. He's gonna go work for From Software. Yeah, is that, is that what <laughs> he's doing? Souls too. All right, let's go through the rest of these guys here. Now, now we're now into the Vitas. Best Vita action game: Little Big Planet, PS Vita, Uncharted, Golden Abyss, Rayman Origins, Gravity Rush, Metal Gear Solid HD Collection. Greg, did you mention Little Big Planet Vita? I did. Man, I'll tell you what, there is a Beyond listener named Jordan 
who has been tweeting at me, the most patient guy ever, has been tweeting at me for weeks, just wanting to let the Beyond community know that he made a Beyond level in Little Big Planet Vita. It's called To Insanity and Beyond. Yeah. And this is by Level Up Jordan is his PSN. Jordan, you have finally been given your plug. I hope that countless folks rain upon your level like the sands of winter. What? (laughs) (laughs) The sands of winter. Yeah. uh, That that rain It's actually, well, yeah, because it's, uh, I think I was, that might be from the Kill Zone opening, but I'm not sure. I believe it. Yeah. (laughs) So by the way, do you you know uh, Alex Childs? Yes. uh, Former roommate and also uh, another uh, member of the IGN family. Mm. Not in editorial department, though. He'd never played Kill Zone 2. And he's kind of like has a fascination with history and politics, but especially like he finds dictatorships fascinating. Oh, so love Killzone. Yeah. So I like was like, you got to watch the opening to Killzone too, because it has like one of the coolest speeches ever by like a dictator, like a fictional dictator. And I showed it to him, and it was just like he was quoting me, like he would like quote to me that speech for weeks afterwards. He loved Who it gives so a speech much. I know uh, that was um, Vasari. Vasari, yeah, 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 Vasari yeah. opens it. Generations yet unborn will cry out in anguish. They're so good. There's serious uh, Nazi overtones in Killzone for yeah. sure. Yeah. I crossed off a bunch of categories here so we can steamroll through this guy a little bit quicker. No one has a Vita anyway. Best Vita puzzle game. <laughs> Luminous. Electronic Symphony. Dakuro. Plants vs. Zombies. Dakuro. Escape Dakuro. Plan. Dakuro. Smart oh, as. Plants vs. Zombies is so unfair though. Is it or is the fact that it is just Plants vs. Zombie work against it? You'll find out when we post is this list. Is it a list. puzzle game though? I wouldn't have called it a puzzle game. That's we don't have it. Well, we don't have a million categories, so what would you? We don't have the tower defense. Yeah. Category. I would call it a I mean, strategy for me it's game. Luminous. That was well, we like, don't have a strategy category, uh, so stick your dick in a outlet, all right? <laughs> oh, <wow>. <laughs> <laughs> I don't got any outlets to put my dick into. <laughs> Define that word. <laughs> all right, all right. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, for me, Luminous was my Vita at first. Like that was all yeah. I played at the beginning of the Vita's North American life. So. Okay. Best Vita Graphics, Uncharted Golden Abyss, Sound Shapes, Luminous Electronic Symphony, Escape Plan, A Little Big Planet, PS Vita. Still Uncharted. You know, it's still... Uncharted's a beautiful game. Uncharted, you know, as much as people complain about some of the gimmicky touch stuff, like, that game is the realization of the portable I've always wanted, which is that, like, it looks as good as Uncharted 1. Yeah. You know, like, and that is something I can carry around with me. Yeah, I heard awesome. you and Altano talking shit about the touch games over there. I like some of them. I like the, I liked charcoal yeah, rubbing. No, no. I liked making the posters and it, moving stuff. So that's what I was saying to Altano, is that's, like, the, the subtle motion controls when you're balancing don't bother me, and, like, even the rubbing the charcoal thing isn't that big of a deal, but, like, the rotating the weapons using the back touch sure, and, like, sure, the sure, sure, sure. To a light, that's the stuff I don't like. All right, that, that, I can get down with that. Best Vita Story, Zero Escape, Virtue's Last Reward, Uncharted, Golden Abyss, Gravity Rush, Dakuro, Persona 4 Golden. Persona 4 Golden. Like, absolutely. Yeah. Persona Story hooked me so quickly. Yeah. You love those high school dramas. (laughs) I do. New kid in the little city. (laughs) Watching Degrassi High on Netflix over there. (laughs) A couple episodes of Gossip Girl. What do you got? What do you got for me, Clemens? It's right. on the tip of your tongue. Yeah, I can it's see. On the tip of my tongue for a while. I was just wondering who played uh, Virtue's Last Reward because that's really interesting. I did. That. Okay, did you like it? I like it all right. Yeah, all right. I'm not like, like super. Right. Game of the Year nominee. Best story. Be- that's what yeah, I'm saying. Mike Mitchell not and, Game uh, of the Year. In the Game of the Year. Um, it's not in award. the Game of the Year overall. I, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, isn't aren't these awards called Game of the Year? No, they're best of. Best of 2012. There you go. Okay. Um, Game of the Year is one of the awards. Mike Mitchell loves it. Mike, yeah, Mike Mitchell loved it. Ryan has started tweeting about it back and forth all day and all night. Yeah. Virtue's last reward. Yeah. Yeah. Um, best Vita multiplayer game: Little Big Planet, PS Vita, Battle Royale, Unit Thirteen, Luminous, Electronic Symphony, MLB Twelve. The show. Good stuff there. 
All stars. You look like Jordy LaForge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Vita Game of the Year placed or I'm sorry, Vita Game of the Year, Little Big Planet, PS Vita, Persona 4 Golden, Sound Shapes, Super Stardust, Delta, Uncharted, Golden Abyss. Oof. I'm actually really curious to see what you went with on this. Yeah. For me, like what do you predict? I'm in the middle of Persona right now and I love it. So uh-huh. like I want my gut is to say Persona, but I still really feel like Little Big Planet is the killer app for Vita. Mm, so, mm, I don't know. Mm. That's what, that's hard for me. What do you say, Clements? Um I mean, I I just haven't I haven't had a chance to play Persona yet, and that w- that was something that I'm really excited about. Okay, so old I will reserve old. my old I'll reserve my old. judgment. Let's check in with the listeners. Hey, listeners! Remember, if you want to be part of the show, beyond at ign.com, just beyond. like. Graham Carney did. Hey guys, I just wanted some advice. I've decided to go to college and do journalism. My dream job is to become an editor at IGN. Any tips on my journey? Is going into journalism the right thing slash necessary? Will doing journalism give me an edge over other writers on my resume, or does the content of your writing matter more than what you studied? Because I know Colin did not study journalism. Any advance would really any advance advice would really help me out. Thanks guys. Keep up the excellent work. Graham, everyone at IGN has a different story on how they got here. I have a journalism degree. Clements has an English degree. Mm-hmm. Uh, Colin has a history degree. Goldfarb has a degree in hard knocks. That's how it works out. I don't even know what your degree is. What is your um, degree? English. Acting? I was double of English and film studies. Okay. The most important thing is, yeah, if you want to write, or and now more than ever, obviously you need to be on videos and podcasts and stuff like that, uh, start doing it now. Start your own YouTube channel. Start doing video talks to the camera where you, get, you start working on your voice, you're comfortable in front of the camera, and then, yeah, write for a blog, whether it be on my IGN or start freelancing for someone or join up with other people, but be writing so that you're stretching your muscles and getting out there. Yeah, yeah. and at first, like, even if you're, you know, to start, just be writing everywhere on blogs, like, talking to people, do what you can, but... uh Eventually, yeah, start to try freelancing because sure. once you're getting paid to write and have a resume entries, I think you you can be taken more seriously as you're applying for real jobs. I think you stay can, straight writing. I think you can yeah. summarize the the best way to get into the industry is to be a personable, well informed, uh, polished writer. Like that is those. I mean, in terms of editorial, like that's that's all you need. Um, and I know that's a lot, but I'm saying that those kind of core tenets are what you need. Okay. Frank from Eastern Illinois University writes in, What is your worst gaming-related memory? I figured I'd ask before I share my story. For my 16th birthday, July 25th, 2007, besides a driver's license, I got a 60-gigabyte PlayStation 3, uh, which was the best three years of dual shockless memories that I've had. Then, July 10th, 2010, while playing the split-second demo, green blobs and splotches appeared all over my screen. Turned out it was overheated. Saves lost. Warranty expired. I sold it to GameStop and then dropped a cool $413 of a struggling college student money on a new slim for self-bought present less than a year later july 2011 while i was going to play 20 nba 2k 11 i decided to not it decided to not turn on luckily it was still under warranty and i was able to send it to sony for free saves lost again safe to say i will never let my ps plus expire what's your story wow wow two playstations that he's gone through that's, that's bad rough. news that's bad news that is uh, is this frank this is frank from eastern frank, Illinois university man, i'm sorry uh, mine is 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 a tale of woe involving I'll say NHL 02, but I'm not firm on that at all. That that's a that's a loose number. It's one of the early aught, aught NHLs. Uh, Poe and I, my best friend back in col- in high school, college life right now, uh, we were playing. We we would get together and do these giant seasons and stuff. So because we were just huge fucking losers, and that's all we would do. So we were in the basement playing, and it was like you know season six or whatever we play every game in these fucking things it's insane and this is the first year they introduced the hot and cold streaks so players you know your goalie are hot blah, blah, blah. and we we so we'd switch the controller back and forth and watch each other play our games or whatever 
and I was the Hawks. And so he switched it back to me, and I was playing. And it was just it was summertime. We were home from college, and this thunderstorm rolled into town as it was happening. And like we were we lost power all the time. So I finished the game. Everyone's on a hot streak. We're going into the playoffs. We're going into game one of the playoffs. I'm so psyched. Where everything's clicking. It's a great thing. And it's literally like it, the lights start flickering in the house. Like, oh, oh no. <laughs> and so we're, I'm hitting the save button. And like the pro, it's like a movie where the progress bar is filling in. And it gets to 96 and the power goes out. And like when it came back on, everything was lost. And like it wasn't corrupt, thank God. But everything was lost. And so I, I just simulated the game to get us going. And everybody was cold. We got fucking blown out, swept, swept in the series. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. It's okay. Still haunts me. So are these are these memories supposed to be like when things go wrong, or can they be what like games it is we've really not enjoyed? your worst gaming related memory? Okay, a broad umbrella for you to get underneath. All right, you got anything? I want to stay dry. I have a lot of bad gaming memories. Give me one. You know, obviously fewer than good ones, but um, also Goldfarb just passed an adorable little thing to Colin. That's just the cutest. It looks like a tape. It's wadded up tape. It's a little tape, man. It's, it says it's a tape bunny. It says Happy Easter on it. Oh, nice. Oh, it's right. a tape bunny. Look at that. <laughs> Take a picture of that put it on the podcast. Adorable. Okay. Um, so I still remember, in terms of during my professional career, I still remember it was in the old Brisbane office. Yep. You guys remember that I office? do remember the old Brisbane office. Uh, and I was assigned to... Um, I think the game was called like R Type Command or something like that. It was a PSP game. I forgot exactly the title, but it, it was an IRM jump off. Huh? It was in the it was in the R Type universe, but it was like a tile based strategy game. And I remember that it was about three forty five in the morning, and I was still in the office trying to desperately, with almost like tears in my eyes, get through this game so I could write up the review. Because you know, Lord knows everybody was waiting for the R Type yeah. Command PSP review. <laughs> And like at one point, I just like kind of looked around. The office is, of course, empty and dark, and it's like a dark night in Brisbane. And I'm like, what am I doing? Like, I didn't even know what was going on, so I was totally miserable that night. I, that review probably didn't even go up then. I, I, I think I wrote it, and I was so exhausted that I went back and reread the like beginning, and I was like, this is complete garbage. This doesn't make any sense. Colin, what do you got for me? Did I ever tell you the story about? My dad dated this woman in the early 90s for like a, a, a while. A hot minute. Was it your mom? No, my parents got divorced in like 1990, 1991. 1991. How old were you? You were like, I was like seven. seven. Yeah. Okay. And and someone wrote in, by the way, said all the stories I tell her from when I was six or seven, which is true. <laughs> <laughs> Formative years. And uh, so I'm, like scarred by, I'm, like, I'm like scarred by those years. And uh, so my, my dad was dating this, this nice woman. She had... He, she had two kids. One, one of the her daughter was actually my age, and, and they had a son that was younger, or whatever. And we went to high school. And, and yeah, she was, we were fr- we were friendly with each other and stuff. Friendly? Um, no, not like that. Yeah, <laughs> buddy. So I had a Super Nintendo, and and I was um, playing Link to the Past, and which is you know one of, one of the best games of all time. And I left my system on, and paused the game. And I just, I was, I probably just got to Dark World, but you know, like when you play like those games when you're a kid, you like beat them in a day and then you beat them again and they beat them again. So I wasn't saving or doing anything like, and I just left, I paused and I just went to my friend's house Yeah. and like we, we were playing and we playing G.I. Joe's over and then I came back and my, the, the cart, like the game was off, the cartridge was like removed from the Super Nintendo and like Mario World or something was in it. And like my dad's girlfriend's son was playing. Super Mario World, whatever, and I fucking lost it. Yeah, I fucking lost it, and I still remember to this day. Like, why was it that big of a deal? Like, I could have done that again in a few hours. But I remember that like being such a scarring moment for me, where I was like, I, I like told on him, you know, to my dad, and got him in trouble, and like, 
told me he was never allowed to play, like, you know, like seven or eight year old comedy, like, you're never allowed to play my Super Nintendo. All right, yeah. That was it. That's what actually came to mind when I was. I would have loved mm-hmm. to see seven year old Colin. Oh my he God. was so, Seven year old Colin was nuts. Earrings, tattoos. With the tattoos. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just yeah. smaller. No, seven year old Colin was normal. I played hockey. Same I body shape. Kid. Yeah, basically. I basically have never grown. <laughs> no, that was that was all I all I did when I was a kid was play hockey and play video games. And go to school. That was basically it. Goldie, what do you got for me? Oh my god, I guess uh, it would probably be, uh, there's this kid named Ian Conley, and uh, my mom was a really good friend with his mom, and uh, I would always end up at his house, because uh, his mom largely worked from home, and my parents were both working a lot, so like after school I would go home with him, and then walk back, and uh, I was constantly spending the night there, and one yeah. time, <laughs> yeah. uh, and my parents were finally like, oh, like, like this weekend, like invite Ian to the house, he can stay over, and so it was like my first sleepover after I had moved to Texas. And so this kid comes over, and um, I had been playing Banjo Kazooie like obsessively. I had like almost a, a maxed out 100% save file. And this kid comes over. He'd been there for like 15 minutes, and we go up to my room, and we turn on the N64, and he didn't have a 64, so he was like trying to figure out what to do. And somehow, in the menu options, managed to delete my Banjo Kazooie save, and I screamed and burst into tears, and he had to go home. Wow! <laughs> oh my goodness. Were you still friends after that? Uh, yeah, I think we recovered after a little while. Do you guys okay. like how all your memories were like from much long, like a much long ago? Much long ago, yeah. I couldn't get that sentence out. <laughs> this game is no. Here's what selection. here's what I'm interested interested in. Like the, what this reminds me of is like our parents don't really have a point of view. Like when I was like my, you know, he, I was in the dark world, dad, and like yeah, you know, yeah. and my dad's like, oh, get the fuck out of here. And like your parents probably like, what the hell is a uh, maxed out save file? But like, when, if we have kids and like this this kind of yes, shit happens to them, like we'll understand. Well, no. Like they'll be like, I had almost a hundred percent. And he deleted it. Get the fuck out of here! I'm calling your parents. I got my belt off. I'm swinging. <laughs> he lost the Vita memory card. <laughs> I didn't sink my trophies. What? Uh, talking, talking like I told you, you always sink your trophies. <laughs> Wisp writes into beyond at IGN.com and says, Colin, yes. side-scrolling Mega Man game with Street Fighters as Wily's robots, December 17th, revealed at Street Fighter 25th, Beyond. I know. Thank you, Beyond. I think you, well, what do you want to <laughs> Give the world a rundown here of how elated you are and how crushed you are at the same time. Yeah, I mean, it's cool. So when I, all right, so to be honest, we, we knew about this for a while and, you know, we couldn't say anything about it. The way it was described to me, I was kind of not excited about it. I'm like, okay, it's a Mega Man game with Street Fighter characters. Uh, right? Uh, but then I saw it, and I was like, okay, this is cool because it's an 8-bit Mega Man game. So regardless of the fact that the Robot Masters aren't in it, which is disappointing, and Wily is you know, presumably not in it. Maybe he is. Um, when I saw the game being played and like what it plays like, I'm like, okay, like, I can get down with this because this is a classic 8-bit Mega Man game. But it's not what I want. The 25th anniversary of Mega Man is December 17th. Mm-hmm. That's when the original came to Famicom in 1987. And we need to have something better than this. This isn't acceptable. Yeah. So I'm hoping... Now, Capcom has, I think, said that there's more announcements on the 17th. They better have announcements that actually celebrate Mega Man and not, say, Street Fighter. And then I'll be pretty happy. I mean, it's there. they can do whatever they want, I guess. But I just don't understand how you can drop the ball like this. Like, if it was the 25th anniversary of Mega Man, you have to have... The guns ready to go. You gotta have Mega Man 11 ready to go. You gotta have Mega Man X9. 
you got to have these things ready to go. What would be really cool is if they, both those games were revealed on the 17th. And that's what I'm hoping, you know, cross my fingers for. What day is uh, What day of the week, 17th? Monday. Okay. Now, uh, as, I'm sorry to interrupt. No oh, real quick. No problem. Uh, touch me more, though, please. Uh, come on, come on, come on. On, touch on the 17th, I will, be, I will be reviewing Mega Man Cross Street Fighter, whatever the fuck it's called. Yeah. Uh, for the website. You got to get it. There it is. It's like we're, it's like we're praying. All right, hold on. Oh, well, we we're, all, we're all holding hands right now. There, it's <laughs> happening now. No it's we're one giant circle. Okay. Amen. Amen. All right, this email. You have nothing important to say. I have. Okay. I'm fucking around. What do you got? You gonna tell him about the PC drivers? No. What version of Direct? Colin, listen up. What version of Direct X does he need installed to actually play this when it comes out? I know. Why is it on PC? For all right. So, Kyle, I was just gonna say the one thing that frustrated me about this, I want to get your honest opinion. Okay. Is I just felt like there was a slight there was a slight towards Mega Man again in the sense that the iconic opening of Mega Man 2 is how that trailer the announcement trailer starts and like it's like scrolling up and you're like getting really jazzed you're like oh my god is this like you know this is some celebration and it, you know the music starts it's like da 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 and it shows Mega Man and his hair's blowing and then he gets Hadoukened off the side of the building by Ryu. And it's like he falls to his death, and it's like Ryu's it's standing there, and he's like, ah, ah. I, that I thought that was kind of insulting. I don't know. Yeah. That game's supposed to be a celebration of Mega Man. Why did Mega Man get shot well, in the back Isn't it also, Ryu? we originally thought it was Mega Man cross Street Fighter, but I believe it's Street Fighter cross Mega Man. Um, so Street Fighter does come first in that title, which is great. Which are made-up worlds with made-up things in them. That's the problem. I went to a made-up room that's made-up <laughs> shit in it. Uh, yeah, it would be cool if it has controller support, because uh, they have those NES controllers with like USB input, so that would be cool. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, I, the, the disappointing thing is that I have to, I'm have to. i probably going to have to play with an Xbox controller, which is horrifying to me. The D-pad. Because that D-pad sucks. We're going to go find you one of those NES controllers and expensive. Yeah, because I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, well, to beat the shit out of that game, you know it. But... The thing is, is that I'm a little disappointed. I hope they have something. Because the other thing about this game is I think it started as a fan project that Capcom adopted, did, which means yeah. they didn't even have anything ready to go. Yeah. Like, what the hell is going on over there? It just I feel like they just don't care about Mega Man. I don't Man understand anymore. how they can't. Mega Man could be the biggest thing if they just put, like, I want a Mega Man reboot. I want a game called Mega Man. I was talking about this with Rich George today. Reboot Mega Man. Call it Mega Man. Have it be a retelling of the original story from the original game. And have it be somewhat like a Zelda game, like a 3D game, where like instead of six stages, you go to there's six dungeons, there's an open world. It's about these two scientists that used to work together. One of the scientists turns on the other scientist and turns all of their all of their robots against them, except for one resists, you know, being turned. That's Mega Man. Uh-huh. And then tell this really dark and gritty story about about like, I think that'd about be the really gameplay, the, the Zelda style gameplay like in Mega Man though. Yeah. I just I would have liked that everything you just said except it's like an HD hand drawn like to it's still side scrolling. That's what Rich said, and I, I told him that the problem with this okay. in the classic series is yeah. that is the same problem we had with Powered Up, which was that it doesn't feel like Powered Up is great, but it doesn't feel like a real Mega Man game. So you can't. I think it's an insult to the memory of Mega Man, much like Seven and Eight were somewhat of an insult to the Mega Man series in the sense that like you can't recapture that eight bit feel in the way they they play. So you got to do something else. Mega Man X did something else, and it played like Mega Man X, and so we have this 16-bit feel. That's why I hope that if they do something that's new and crisp and hand-drawn stuff, it's actually a Mega Man X game. I would take an 8-bit Mega Man game every year. So, Well, you're also a hardcore fan, though. Yeah, but those games are both profitable. Mm-hmm. So there's plenty. There's, there's a lot of us out there. Okay. All right, All right t- two final ones to close out the podcast here. Not questions so much as things. This one comes from Brett. 
subject line re Cody from Step by Step. We talked about Cody mm-hmm. from Step by Step last way how he he made headlines outside of the show by beating his wife. Mm-hmm. Brett writes in and says, "Per the source of all knowledge Wikipedia, it says that Sasha Mitchell stated in court he was defending his kids from their drug addicted abusive mother. He also has custody." Just thought I'd share that beyond. Interesting. <laughs> so thank you, Brett, what? for bringing more unsubstantiated information about Cody. this man to light. See, something happened with Cody, though. When that all went down, wasn't he written out of the show then? Sure. Then um, he comes back. Yeah, he does. But there, but there's like a Cody replacement. The, the friend, the, the best friend, like the idiot best friend of the oldest son. Yeah. Becomes like. Really? The Cody type character. Yeah. He's in like every episode like later on. What was, what was Will Smith's friend's name in Fresh Prince? Jazzy yeah, Jeff. Jazzy Jeff. <laughs> that was also his his, his, his real life friend. His real life DJ. Yeah. They they did some rapping together. I just I love that so much. But now all he does is star in M Night Shyamalan movies with his son. Written by Gary Widow. Is that true? Yep. I'm excited. I, I like I really like M Night it's Shyamalan. It's funny. I yeah, yeah. me too. Uh, I I saw that trailer like when I before I watched the trailer I saw it was like new Shyamalan movie. By the way, I say it is the Indian way, not the English Shyamalan. What do you how do you say it? Shyamalan. Oh yeah. So. I know, I know. I'll never. It's Shyamalan. Yeah, according to you. <laughs> according to Hollywood. I think, I think also right. he, may, he may even pronounce it that way too. I don't know, but he's he's not saying it right. He's got to say it the right All way. All right. I'm just saying, <laughs> all I was saying. No, no. All I was saying is that after you watched that trailer, it definitely got me jazzed. Yeah, look Jazzy good. Jeff. I was excited. It got you, Jazzy Jeff. Yeah. Yep. Best two M Night movies. Signs, the village, and the village. Signs unbreakable. Yes, unbreakable is kind of whack. You're kind of whack. No way. <laughs> Signs. Yeah. Awesome. And the village. No. The village is. They called me the glass awesome. man. <laughs> they called me Mr. Glass. <laughs> Another great movie. Bones of glass. One of the worst. One of the most. One of the worst promoted movies you'll ever see. But an awesome movie. Oh Go God. watch Unbreakable. Like the problem with Unbreakable is the movie I really wanted to see starts in the last five minutes of that movie. Sure. Sure. All right, and then finally, this isn't a question at all, but Emin, Emmett Watkins Jr. tweeted at me today. He's 18 today, and Emmett oh. Watkins Jr. is a big old Podcast Beyond fan, tweeting a Game Over Greggy all the time there, so I want to give him a shout-out. Send birthday wishes to Emmett at EJSponge61. <laughs> <laughs> that easy known uh, Twitter EJ handle. Sponge 61 Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to Podcast Beyond episode 270. We have had a lot of fun here today, but remember that what keeps the mics on First off is that ad you heard earlier. Thanks for <laughs> not bitching about that too much, except the one guy on Twitter with comments last night. And, of course, IGN.com. And electricity. Keeps them and electricity. Keeps Go to IGN.com, watch our videos, read our articles, read our reviews, leave comments, be part of the conversation. And then continue the conversation on that social media. IGN is on Twitter, at IGN. I'm Game Over Greggy. Palmsider is Ryan Clements, now known as Powerhouse. we got to change that Twitter handle again. Colin Moriarty. Is Powerhouse? It's sure got to be. Sure yeah, so it's got to be on lockdown. No taxation is Colin Moriarty. And Garfep, Greg always regrets fucking elderly people, is Andrew Goldfarb. Ryan Clements, yes. take me home. You know what I like, Greg? What's that? I like some music. Yeah. That's why we end Podcast Beyond with a song every yeah. week. <laughs> so if you want to end our show, you should send me and the Beyond crew a song. Send it to beyond at IGN.com and join the conversation. And also join our musical interludes. Not interludes. I always forget what the word for the end is. Outro. Outro. Coda. Play Co- us out. Play us out. So anyway, just like Greg, Greg did. 
Not not Greg Miller. I didn't write a song. Yet. Yeah, it was, it's a different Greg, but also Greg from Chicago, Illinois. Oh, I'm going back there tomorrow. Doppelganger. So Greg writes, Beyond Hey Guys slash Powerhouse, here's a sexually ambiguous song Whoa. from my band Save the Clock Tower. Nice. It's called Like That, and it's from our newest album, Through the Glass. You can find it on iTunes or Bandcamp or wherever you download music, but Bandcamp is the cheapest. Check out our website, www.savetheclocktowermusic.com. Follow us on Twitter, etc. Uh, special shout out to Greg, you. Yeah. Not not him. Not himself. Right? No, no, but but you. Special uh, shout out to myself. He's been truly inspirational, and I chow down my Portillo's Italian mm. beef in honor of him last night with a side of cheese fries. God, I can't Keep wait. Keep up the good work beyond. From Greg, this is Save the Clock Towers song off their album Through the Glass. Like that. It's really good. Good. Let's listen. Beyond. Beyond. Are you the guy that does all the work or the clown on all the videos? Funny story. Uh, while we were up here, we got a text message from one Justin Davis, and I know what his one IGN's game of the year. It just so happens to be. You know I can't see. Can't see the mirror or the windscreen. Can't see the morning or the red light. It's something being in
contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.